Hey everybody, welcome back to Playlist with People. This is your host, Ruben, as always. Today I'm joined by a Phoenix comedian. He's a podcaster, all-around cool dude. I'm talking with Zach Lyman today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. For sure, man. Thanks for being here. Zach Lyman of the Zach Lyman Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't dude, know if that was a good choice or a bad choice. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, um, I, your, your podcast, honestly, was one of the first ones I listened to when I was like coming to Arizona. Mm. I got I got booked on a show with you and like some other people at the grid. And that was like my first show that I did in Arizona. So I was like looking you guys up, you know, doing my intel. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I was like, Zach has a podcast. So I checked it out. And it was, it's good, man. I like your podcast a lot. It's a good time. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. You're very, uh, one thing I got to say about your compliments right off the top, you're very helpful. And that's like something that I think a lot of people don't do. Like you seem to be like very like you, like here's how I booked a tour. Here's how I... Here's how I sell merch. Here's how I do all this stuff. And like, I think that's pretty cool. A lot of people play it close to the vest, but I think your podcast is like, here's a, it's very cool. I don't know. You're very like, yeah. here's a lot of stuff to help you guys out as comedy. Yeah. That's um because, you know, I've been doing comedy for 12 years now. And in that time, I can think back to like the first seven years and how no one would have told me anything, like no <laughs> advice, no nothing. Like, it was very like the people I was surrounded by were like, no, man, I'm doing my thing. You do your thing. And, uh, and then like, as I started to be able to get things, I was like, guys, I cracked the code. Here's how I sold t-shirts. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I was really much just trying to be like, this is what I did. And any advice you have is great, but also this is how I did it. <laughs> you're like a beekeeper and you like, you know everything about bees and you're like an expert, but at the same time, you're like, if you guys want to be beekeepers, I'll show you how. This is the, these are the steps I took. It's not that hard to get in here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll save you time and money. <laughs> exactly how you become a beekeeper as well. I want more beekeepers around me. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I want, you know. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of comedians, we do, we do kind of just like play it close to the vest or we kind of feel like we're like in this little journey alone. Yeah, so it's it's cool that's to hear that you're 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 helpful and you're just like I'm gonna help you guys crack the code. So that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, yeah, I I really yeah that's that's all I want. All I want is to save people time so they can do what I did in seven years in like two years. Yeah, yeah, you know? that's great, man. And they'll always give you credit. They'll always uh, the exact is the one that showed me. Oh, you, that's you great. can like retire on a bed of successful comedians that took your advice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all failed together, you know, either well, way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or this advice you gave me is trash, and now, now yeah. I'm uh, accounted again. <laughs> again. Yeah. I'm back again. Into it. <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, it's great to have you on the podcast. I've seen you recently at some shows, man. I've been trying to get out there and see some shows. Uh, yeah. You just did a show at the Bridge Improv Theater. That was, mm -hmm. that was great. So you do like a long form comedy set. So that was a good time. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you came out. Yeah, it was a uh, it was interesting because it's the first time I've done 30 minutes in, I don't know, like nine months or something like that. So I was like kind of nervous about doing that much time, but I knew that I needed to do that much time in case uh, all these other gigs that actually end up working out. And I was like, I need to be prepared, you know, but um yeah, it was a great show, and I really was happy with that set. And I'm glad that I have a little—I have a little video recording of it. Uh, the video is not great, but at least it's good enough for me to like kind of review and look over and, you know, take apart my own 30 minutes. Yeah, that's cool though, man. That's good. That yeah, it's good to be back on stage again. I've been doing some comedy too, and it's—it's it's a good feeling, man. It's um, it's 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 
we've all been kind of you know should we go out should we not but it's yeah. like it feels yeah. okay like as long as i'm being safe as long as i'm wearing my mask and as long as i'm like i keep people around me accountable like so i don't let people who like aren't wearing masks like in my space i try not to without yeah. being as rude as i can be just be like hey man uh can you <laughs> yeah. not get so close to me yeah that's i mean that's the why i felt safe doing it at the bridge was because uh i went to the bridge a couple of times and i saw how safe they were being and that's what i was doing like i was going to these open mics and stuff and i was just kind of like poking in and being like how do i feel about this place and some people didn't take it so seriously as the bridge and i really appreciated the extra level of everything they were doing and how careful and caring they were and i was like yeah this is the place that i'm gonna book so then i so then i rented it out and it happened to actually be their like grand opening week which was like kind of cool oh wow so yeah it was a great show man you and uh, savannah and lou all did a great job and it was a great show yeah uh, and i've been um i've been getting out there and just trying to like watch shows again man and um i want to comment on something you've had lou moon on your podcast uh he's been on this podcast we love we both love lou yeah. um you guys, have been, you guys were having some interesting conversations lately about like comedy writing and about uh, just kind of the insights of like being a comic. And I've I listened to those episodes, man. I thought they were great. Um, Thank you. And I wanted to like add something on to here that I've been doing just to, like kind of t- tag on to your guys' conversation. Um, I, I've been listening to a lot of comedy albums again lately, like listening to comedy albums yeah. and, and, and like headphones if I can, preferably. And mm. it's, it's been doing wonders. It's, it's taking me back to like the old days of like when I first was like diving into comedy and like getting obsessed with comedy. Yeah. I, I really like enjoyed going back and listening to a bunch of old albums that I like really love listening to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. Lou and I hang out from time to time and he's uh, a safe person to see because he also is, you know, he, keeping his distance doing all the things good so i feel safe seeing him and uh lou and i talk about comedy that way all the time you know we always are talking comedy every time we go on tour and we have 13 hour drives there's nothing else we talk about besides comedy and uh i felt uh i felt it was a funny feeling to realize that like i've never had lou on to do stuff like that before when i was like we've been doing this the whole time and i was like and it was kind of like for uh, almost selfish reasons of like let me talk through what i'm going through with my buddy and we can come to a conclusion or a thought on this topic you're like this isn't like podcast talk this is just like friendship talk but then you're like oh it is actually really good podcast conversation we should be putting this on air yeah 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 because like my podcast has always been like answer a question if it's a solo episode and then like have an interview and like maybe ask some questions in the interview that kind of like lead to answering about comedy or stuff but you know sometimes i have people that don't do comedy um but I was like, yeah, I really want to get into like the nuts and bolts of like, because that's the type of podcast I listen to a lot too, mm-hmm. or like uh, podcasts like Hot Breath, um, where it's like Joel Byers and he's like, everything's like how to be a better comedian. And that's all it is. And I listen to a lot of things like that uh, because uh, I'm, I'm never going to stop learning. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, a, it's, yeah, I'm happy that we're doing that. And actually we have like, three or four more already recorded that aren't out yet so 
It's awesome, man. I love it. That's we're all like comedians are all obsessed with the same thing, and like we all want to talk about it a lot. But I feel like okay. we all think like we're. I don't know if I should talk about it so much, or you know what I mean. Like we we do comedy for so long, and it just becomes like what we do, and yeah. like we forget to like geek out about it sometimes. It's fun to just be like, dude, I freaking love comedy, man. Let's talk yeah. about it. Yeah, and I know a lot of people get scared about like uh, coming off like like a know it all or coming off in the wrong way. Um, but like I've, you know, like you and I have talked about, like I entered my 30s and I just stopped caring about so many things. <laughs> and one of the things is like, I don't really care how people take this approach of like, I, I feel uh, like I do know something from doing it for 12 years. And so it's like, I finally feel comfortable to be like, no, this is my thoughts on it. And yeah, send me a message if you disagree. Like, I love <laughs> learning. So, like, yeah. if you think my approach to it's wrong, yeah, let's talk about it. But most, you know, like Lou and I talking, we both have, like, very much, um, we love comedy so much, but also just, like, we come from a good place and not try to ever come from, like, a bitter place. So I think, like, the advice is usually helpful. <laughs> yeah. And I think, yeah, and again, if you approach it just, like, as a fan, like, that's the big thing is where, like, again, at the end of the day, we are all fans of this. And I think that, mm-hmm. like, I've gotten in this mindset. I know a lot of other comedians, like, we just kind of go and do the shows. And, like, we kind of just only go to comedy shows if we're going to be on the show sometimes. And that's, yeah. where, that's where I've been trying to get back to. It's just a place where, like, I was excited about comedy and I just was excited about trying it. And, like, that's why I've been listening to comedy albums again because I used to ride the bus to work. And, like, every morning I would just sit at the bus stop and, like, listen to comedy. And, like, it kind of, like, became this ritual I didn't know was a ritual. And now that mm-hmm. I like, don't have it anymore, I'm kind of like, that was the way I consumed comedy and like how I just like learned. I just would sit there and just listen to these albums and these yeah. podcasts. And, I, and I've been going to more shows. Like even if I'm not on the show, I'll just go check out a show. Cause like, I want to be a fan of comedy again. I want to just like really fall in love with comedy again. And yeah. kind of have like this like little comedy renaissance in my life. Cause sometimes it's good to just go back to the, the drawing board and be like, forget everything that I know. Let me just like relearn again. Let me be a student again of comedy. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that's like, uh, I'm doing like that with like improv comedy right now where it's like I'm hanging around a lot of because like so many of our friends do improv but it's like I don't know it I don't know that world you know I, I haven't spent the last 12 years focusing on that so it's like it's really fun to like see them do that and like expand my brain in that way but also a, uh, a couple of years ago I got diagnosed with uh, like a, I have liver issues I got diagnosed with liver disease and when I was very ill, what I did was I couldn't perform. And one of my friends told me, they're like, yeah, but why don't you just go see shows? And that yeah. was like a big, oh, like changing moment for me where I was like, I can't perform right now, but I'm watching all these incredible people. And, and then I did. I, it was like a little renaissance where I was like completely in love with doing it. And then also, funny enough, all these people that I've met through comedy, that like I was always doing shows the night they had shows. So like they didn't realize that I was so supportive until they started seeing me at every show. And they're like, yeah, Zach just wants to hang out. Like, you know, like it's like this like weird energy change where they're like, yeah, he, he is just a big fan of comedy. Like you know, everything. And I'm like, yeah, as much as possible, you know? So absolutely, man. That's how I feel too. I just like, I, I, comedy gets me excited and I love like seeing people who are passionate about it. I'm new to this Phoenix scene. So I just like, it's fun to like, I did my thing in Florida and I met a bunch of people and did shows down there. And then like, let me just uproot and just come to a whole new scene. And it's exciting yeah. in that way. I mean, things haven't, 
haven't been like everything's been shut down so it hasn't i haven't really been out there but getting yeah. out as much as i can and just like just yeah i just want to be around comedy and i just want to like i just want to take it all in and like not think i'm like you know hot shit or like think that i like i deserve to be on anything and just be like i'm just gonna like try to be as funny as possible try to meet people and just like just love comedy together like this is a such a tight-knit group it can be but a lot of us just i don't know why we feel like we're so isolated the comics are such this like lone wolf mindset sometimes yeah 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 especially like when i uh before so i lived in washington for a bit and then i moved back here but before i moved to washington there was a moment where i was like everything i did i booked myself and i was touring and traveling everything was myself and there was this moment where i was like so disconnected with phoenix comedy where i was like yeah i don't even know all the open mics i don't even know what everyone's doing and then uh it was cool because lou it's one of those people that was like, well, let me take you to these mics that you don't know about. Yeah. And let me introduce you because he's so much of like, let me, you know, he's friends with everyone and everyone loves him. So uh, it was very nice to be like, have Lou take me to these places and be like, this is so-and-so and this is what they do. And this is, you know, and it is like, it's important to like come back to that and always like pay attention to your scene and like give support and be around and uh you know, it, it's something I, I never really thought of until until that that moment where I was like, "Yeah, what what am I doing on a Tuesday night?" You know? Yeah, exactly. What what um what brought you back to like Phoenix? Like, to made you want to stay in Phoenix and do comedy in Phoenix? Um. Yeah. So I moved to Washington, um, mostly for a job that I had. Uh, it was a big boy job, and it paid well, and things were good. Uh, but then I ended up getting really sick, and then I had to like come to terms of like where do I want to progress and then also kind of like that whole like where you're you know you you start thinking of like oh my life is more fragile than I realize and how long do I want to focus on doing this career versus like leaning more into comedy and my last year at that job was also very uh I I had mixed reviews because they thought I was doing a great job but mentally I was like leaning towards more comedy every it felt like every month and i felt like i wasn't being a good employee so all of that kind of leaned into well i know if, i know if i moved after to phoenix i will have a good start of like i have a good friendships there and then also funny enough all the comedy scenes i've been to across the country phoenix is one of the best i think phoenix is a great comedy scene and I think uh, we're, we're always on the edge of being like the next thing. Um, but I was like, you know, I can move back to Phoenix for sure, get good stage time, for sure, get like quality open mics and good quality comedians that are around. So it's like, and at this point, I'm like, I don't know where else I would move, you know? So yeah, yeah Phoenix is great. <laughs> That's awesome. I, yeah, I love Arizona. I lived here for like four years. Uh, I didn't do comedy. But I, I knew of, like, I loved comedy and I was a fan of it, but I would go to, like, some comedy shows and, like, I would, I would check it out a, a little bit. Um, and then the first open mic I actually did was at, like, Monkey Pants in Tempe. And okay. then right after that, I, like, moved to Florida. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> I, and then I was in Florida for a couple of years again and just kind of figuring things out. But now I'm back in Arizona and, like, I'm at the point in my life, I'm, like, 30, I'm going to be 33 in December. And I, you know, I started comedy when I was, like, 30. So, like, it's, like, I wish I started younger, but it is what it is. And everyone's path is their own thing. But I'm, I'm at a point in my life where I really do want like 
I, I really do want like a, I'm like a family guy. I really do want like kids and I want to have like a, a somewhat of like a settled life. Yeah. And like, I'm thinking about like, what do I want? like my comedy career, what do I want my life in comedy to be? I don't know if I'm going to be a guy that's, that's, you know, uh, doing like triple runs and stuff. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I kind of want to be in a place where I can kind of make roots and have a thriving, awesome comedy yeah. scene at the same time. And you know, that's, that's kind of what my, where my mind is at. And I'm trying to like figuring out what my comedy path is going to be at my age and what I, with what I want out of life. Um, and I find Phoenix seems like a cool place and it's always been, I, I know exactly what you mean where everyone talks about Phoenix. Uh, but I think that, yeah, a lot of people move to LA. A lot of people move away mm-hmm. from Phoenix and maybe that's what, why it's not like this yeah. bigger than it could be. I don't know. We, we had this struggle. I've talked to so many people about it before, but like we had the struggle of being too close to LA. If we were just a few more hours, yeah. that might make a big difference where it's like, we're so close. Uh, when I lived in Louisville, Kentucky, same problem, too close to Chicago, okay. four hours away. So it's like, you get decent at all. You go, what am I doing here? <laughs> all this comedy is like literally down the street from me. Um, and Phoenix, it's like, we kind of have that problem, but like, I feel like the housing market and like how big we are and stuff kind of like outweigh that, you know, like we're bigger than Louisville and you know, we're, we're cheap still to live here comparatively. Yeah. Um, but also it's like the more and more like stuff like TikTok takes off and like, you know, you have all these social medias where it's, that's another reason I have no idea why I'd want to move anywhere right now. Like besides like personal growth, not for comedy growth. Um, because I'm like, yeah, I can, I can become a TikTok star literally right here or, uh, you know, like my friend Dan Cummings who like lives in Idaho and has like one of the biggest podcasts, you know, ever. And he used to live in LA. I think I heard of Dan Cummings. Yeah. He has a time suck podcast. So it's like, you know, very successful podcast, you know, but he did the grind in LA as a comedian forever and made a good name for himself. But then I asked him why Idaho? And he's like, yeah, I can, my family, my, you know, I can settle down here. It's like a great place. And like, you can tell, like you, you know, you go look at his Instagram or whatever. He has a very successful podcast. So he makes a living tours the whole country as a comedian, but also is a family guy that just wants to chill out and doesn't, you know, doesn't seem like he wants to raise his kids in LA, which is very understandable, you know? So, (laughs) yeah. yeah. That kind of seems to be like where my mind is at and like what I think, um, I don't know. I think that especially because of COVID, I think that every one of us has had to kind of like step back and like even people that were all living in LA that left LA and like Mm -hmm. people are just kind of seeing now that like, let me just do what I can where I'm at uh, because there's, there might be a possibility we don't get to, to just go live wherever we want or, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't feel like there's an option anymore sometimes. So this has kind of made us all just be like, okay, how can I get myself out there? Uh, And I started this podcast. I know a bunch of people that started podcasts and different projects in this time. Uh, And it's so true. It's like in this day and age, you can put yourself out there and you could definitely get your name out there without having to leave even your bedroom. Like, you know what I mean? It's fun to do stand up. So we do an in-person thing, but like if you wanted to, like podcasting is fantastic and it's, and it's very viable that you could get known and that your podcast could get big and, so many people yeah. it happens to so many people and so it's like yeah it does and i mean it's yeah but also it just comes back to like picking something being consistent at it and also uh in my lifetime of all of my 20s my goals in comedy changed all the time right because like i remember a point where i 
I was in college for creative writing and I was trying to get better at writing because I thought the goal would be to settle down, maybe have some kids and have like a good writing job that pays very well and get it hired onto something like Conan where I'm just like a joke machine all day. And that's what I'm doing. Like a head writer or something. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what I was hoping. I was hoping I may write on a sitcom or something like that. And there was a point where that was my path and I was totally like happy with that. And then later I was like, I don't think I want to do that. I think I want to be a road dog. And then I did that for a while. And then I was like, this isn't a forever lifestyle. I can't live on couches for the rest of my life. I'm not that guy. Uh, you know, and now it's like, okay, well, I want to do, I want to have my own following enough where I can tour comfortably and it's not anything crazy. And it's like Ali Wong where she does like five dates a year and she's like, I don't know, man, I have a family, you know, like, yeah, see me when you see me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think, I think that's great. I think that a lot of comedians we look up to, like they, they did it a certain way. And because we listen to their podcast and because we follow their careers, I think a lot of comedians get in the mindset of like following someone's template. We're like, this is how Mark Maron did it, or this is how so-and-so yeah. did it. And, like, we try to emulate our, the, a path instead of, like, we think we have to, like, kind of just figure out, like, what is my path? Like, what do I want out of life? Yeah. What do I want out of comedy? And how do I, like, make the two things meet in the middle? Yeah, I was listening to someone. I think it, it might have been Mark. I don't know. I was listening to someone's podcast recently who's an established comedian, and they're like, my advice doesn't even apply. You know, it's yeah. like, <laughs> I don't know, social media? I don't know, you know. Because, like, yeah, it's like back then, you know, putting out chairs at a comedy club is how you got five minutes. And it's like, that's not it at all now. You know, that's not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's very true. Yeah, yeah. Whatever happened 20, I, I kind of got obsessed for a little bit, too, about, like, I was looking into comics that were, like, a, a little bit ahead of me or, like, farther ahead, but not, like, too far ahead to where I was, like, I don't know how to buy a mansion, but you can tell me how to you know, go from being an open micer to being a regularly yeah. paid weekend uh, comic at your local clubs or whatever, you know, like I was yeah. really obsessed with like finding different people's path and like, like kind of being like, let me just follow them on Instagram and just like see what they're up to and see what their 100%. comedy path is and see what they're doing and what that's tricks exactly. they're doing. Yeah, that's exactly. That's a, that is the that is the ultimate goal of just like finding someone that's just slightly ahead or someone that's doing what you want to do. And you're like, okay, I can just watch and pay attention. You know, that's like one of the best advice I ever got was uh, someone, I think it was my dad told me, he's like, when someone gives you advice, look at their life and like where the road they went and then think about that advice. Cause whatever they're <laughs> saying is leading you down their path. So if they're like a comedian doing things that you don't want to do and they say you need a, you know, they're like, you should juggle more. And you're like, I don't think that applies to me. And that's very okay. But just like accept their, <laughs> accept their advice and be like, oh, thank you. And then move on being like, yeah, I'm not going to juggle because I don't want to be the juggling comedian. You know? you're, a, you're a fantastic prop comic, but I think I'm going <laughs> to go my own way. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Carrot Top. I know you're successful. <laughs> yeah, I, we, we all know Carrot Top. Carrot Top seems very mad all the time. He's like so swole too. He's like ripped now. I'd be yeah. scared to like question Carrot Top. Like, yeah, I, will, he, I will juggle. I'll start juggling. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If, yeah, Carrot Top, I'd be scared of to be like, oh, no, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Sure. <laughs> I'll send you a video, dude. I, uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, it, it is, uh, it's interesting. I, yeah, 
I'm more into like setting like small goals now. Like, uh, like that's why I do that. I go like, you know, if this person can get to this point, I can see that. I can see the path they took to get there. If someone's a comedian, they're like, they're like, oh, I'm, I like Joe Rogan, and I want to have a Netflix yeah. special. You're like, well, you you just started doing open mics, so that's like, how do you get from that point A to point Z? Like, <laughs> you know, take it step at a time. Like, what do you yeah. want short term for comedy? You know, so I think yeah. it's important to set goals short term. And like, like you said, it's a longevity thing. I've I've never stuck to things for a long time. And I'm trying to work on that. I'm always yeah. a dabbler. I've been in bands. Am, I've like been an artist. I've done so many things. And that's like with, with comedy, I really am like, I just always tell myself like, this is the long game. Just relax. Just have fun. Because like, you, it you, it's, that, it's that frustration of like, you do one open mic and you're like, why am I not on every book show in town? <laughs> and it's just like, oh, well, chill out, Ruben. All right. Get your ego in check <laughs> and it's going to be okay. Just do your thing. Yeah. Relax. Have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm, I'm the same way. Like I... I've had hundreds of hobbies, hundreds, I've gone down every rabbit hole possible, uh, you know, and, but like, for some reason, stand-up is the only thing that I've still done. <laughs> like, <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> I don't know, I think it's the hard challenge of it, that it's a never finished project, because I, I can get bored with things easily, yeah. where like, I'm like, oh, I get it. As soon as I say that in my head, it's over. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's like, not to sound like righteous or whatever, but like, I feel like standup truly is that one thing where I'm like, I truly feel like it, it is me and it fits me. And like the other things that I've been into when I really dig deep, like, did I really want to be in a band or did I really want to just be cool and like, be like, I'm in a band. Like, you know, was, I didn't really, I wasn't passionate about really being in a band. I just liked bands and I was like, that'd be cool. Cause they yeah. look like they're having a good time. Yeah. And it's like, like it, it checks the boxes. I make friends. Yeah. I look cool, and also I now have something to say when people ask about my career choices. Like exactly. it just checks all these boxes, and you're like, "That's a thing I'll do." And I find it, same thing with a lot of like comedians. It seems like they they used to be in bands or they used to be like writers, and they're like, "I wanted to write a novel," and then I realized you have to write a novel, and that's, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I got about a pamphlet here, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's not great. <laughs> it's true though yeah I, I feel like i've just like yeah i always have to have something that i can tell people that i'm doing and for once like comedy feels genuine it feels like something that i really want to be doing and that i really mm -hmm. enjoy doing um i had this weird crisis where like i didn't have a thing for a while and i like met these new people and i went over my like my friend's house a while back pre-covid and like some dude that i never met before we were just talking and he's like so what do you do like besides work and i was just like and at the moment, I didn't have anything. And that feeling fucking sucks. And I never want to ever sit in a situation where I don't have a thing I'm doing. I'm going to lie next time. I'll just feel like, I juggle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I spent a lot of time with Carrot Top. He's been teaching me the ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that was the time in my life, like right before I got into comedy, where I really like, it's so weird how I got into comedy, even when I think about it. Like, I just was like, I, I don't know why I never thought about doing comedy because I loved, I was a fan of it. I just didn't think I could do it. And until I like dug in, I only knew about like, you know, the comedy you would see on TV where the guy would be wearing like a suit and a tie. And then I like kind of got more into comedy and I saw things like the meltdown and I saw things like a flop house. And there was like these very like DIY yeah. comedy, comedy things going on. And I was like, Oh, I like this. And like the punk rock part of me yeah. like, was like into it. And like this like DIY underground show, these people are just like one of these guys in shorts, this guy's, you know, wearing a raincoat and it doesn't matter. Like <laughs> they're doing comedy, they're putting on their own shows. And that like yeah. fascinated me. And that's what made yeah, me like kind of want to get into it. 
Um, but yeah, it was like, I literally took this, like, I was like going through it at work. I was working at like dead end jobs and just like feeling like, you know, that, you know, that moment you have in your life every two years when you're questioning what you're doing with your life. Yeah. And like, I was yeah, having yeah. one of those moments and I was just like, I literally did this, like, I saw this like almost pop up and it was like, find your dream career. And it was like, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll bite the bait. And I took the little test and it was like, what do you, what, basically like, what do you like to do? Like in your personal life? And I was like, I like to make people, I like to make my friends laugh. And I like to da, da, da. And basically it came down to being, it said being like a, a clown or a performer. It said, you could be a clown. You could be a, it gave me like a few choices, like rodeo clown, performer, uh, whatever. <laughs> Have you ever thought of clown? <laughs> I was like, I, I could go to clown school or I could try stand up. <laughs> And I chose stand up. <laughs> it was literally because of that. And I was like, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to, and I like made it, I made an intention. I was like, I'm going to try stand up comedy. Yeah. And I like went up and it was like, literally like just started as quickly as, yeah. And, and, and I'm still mad at myself to this day that I started when I was 30. <laughs> I don't, you have no reason to be upset. I started around the same, like when I was starting, there was also someone who was 30 that I like went to some writing groups with um because like i started as a child and um and so like i was young and then i'm surrounded by these grown-ups in my mind and the guy one of the guys was like 30 early 30s and i was mad at him because like within months he was like way ahead of me (laughs) he was like he's like yeah i know how to be a person (laughs) like it was very it was very eye-opening of like so i think you have this un you have a unfair advantage of someone that's starting when they're like 18 uh, of like, you have stories to draw from and also life experiences in general and you know how to communicate and be a person more. So yeah, like I feel like the first handful of years that I did stand up don't even count because it's just <laughs> me being like, I don't know, uh, is this a thing? And they're like, no, it's not a thing. <laughs> That's a good, that's a good point. I guess that's, yeah. that's a fair point. Yeah. When I was like in my early twenties too, I was like very like going to church still actively. Really? Yeah, I grew up really Christian, like really religious and I re- and I really like believed in it. And then I was like 23 and then I kind of like moved out of my parents' house and got around like those friends and I like hung out with some different friends and I just kind of like thought about it more. And I just was like, I don't, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm buying this anymore. And so my whole like perspective on life changed. So, you know, who yeah. knew if I started when I was 21, I probably would have been like the clean religious comic and, and I had this whole like yeah I've, I've had experiences and I've had a whole life culminating into this what yeah. I am now and so I'm very different than I was at 21 so I guess I'm grateful for it and I'm yeah I'm yeah. starting at a time where I feel like I can start and have things to talk about yeah exactly and also it's like uh time doesn't matter at all you could be doing it for two years you could be doing it for 30 years time doesn't matter it's like all about like you just figuring it out for yourself and finding your own path. And, and I also think uh, now is a little bit not right now. I'm not going to say 2020, but like (laughs) 2019, uh, (laughs) it was like, it's it's easier to just kind of like, you can Instagram message people and be like, Hey, can I be on your show on Wednesday? That's, that's easier than, you know, 20 years ago where it's like, you got to make some phone calls and you're, you don't even know how to get the phone number, you know? Yeah, then you have to like bark outside a club you don't even work at yet, and like to yeah. get work and stuff like that, like all the hard paths you had to take. It is true, man. Social media has completely changed everything, for the mm-hmm. better. I think you know. I think you, people, some people look at it as an evil thing, but I think it's fantastic. I think it's wonderful how like easily it is to connect and yeah. just like get to know people and the 
have this we have this podcast we're on zoom right now yeah yeah from our separate houses like this is incredible yeah yeah exactly like i was literally laying down over there and now i'm here talking to you <laughs> yeah and after this is over i'm gonna lay down right there <laughs> yeah <laughs> and watch hook because i've really been wanting to watch hook lately i don't know why i'm yeah, like in a robin williams mood oh that's a that means you're in a playful mood man but. yeah that's a good writing brain to be in, you know, that's, uh, yeah. that's good. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, Instagram changed my life in every way possible. Like I've, you know, all my jobs have been in marketing, all my jobs that actually paid well, uh, been in marketing. And then, uh, I learned marketing so I could market comedy. Um, you know, but it's like Instagram and Facebook in general changed it. Cause I, I mean, in my early twenties, there was no way I was going to get booked on anything good you know, any real professional show. Uh, Cause I, you know, my type of comedy w- was not popular. Um, <laughs> maybe still isn't, who knows? Uh, Jerry's not on that one, but uh, like it, I could build my own following outside of getting up these corporate ladders of comedy clubs and uh, build my own following and be like, Hey, I'm headlining the bridge improv. Come hang out and see the show, you know? That's the dream, man. Yeah, to have like a little cult following. Like all my favorite comedians are the, are those people, and the like the ones that don't necessarily have like an intense, epic following, but have like a like just a, a tight group of people that like if you know that that come that comedian, I know that comedian. We're cool because yeah, we, we get it. You know what I mean? It's, it, yeah, I like the style of comedy that you do, and I think that that I have, I have similar taste in comedy, which is why I wanted to have you on too. Is just you know I think you and Lou and Savannah, I think you guys all have a fantastic like style of comedy. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, yeah, they're both they're both extremely talented comedians. They are. They're in Phoenix has a lot of promise. I, I'm I'm seeing more and more, and I'm I'm, I'm loving it. It's cool. Um, it is very interesting to come from one scene and come and go to another, uh, and just like learn about a new scene and like yeah. Uh, but yeah, man. Uh, I guess some people would call it. I don't know if you would call your own style alt comedy or if that's like. <laughs> I don't even know, you know, what, what that is anymore. Some people Who say knows? that the new alt comedy is the people that just still want to say like uh, the R word and stuff. Like, so people call that alt comedy now. Like, that's that's the outside. That's the fringe. Yeah, I definitely think I fall under alt comedy more than club comedy. If you're if there's only two choices. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I definitely fall under that. And sometimes I write jokes. I'm like, is this comedy or is this now a piece of something? I don't know. What is what's <laughs> yeah. happening? That's why that, but that's why I loved, yeah, like I fell in love with that, uh, with like the meltdown and stuff. And like, yeah, all comedy is what kind of spoke to me more. And like, although all my favorite comedians are probably all comics, like, uh, you know, the Rory Scoville is like probably my favorite comedian, yeah. like Kyle Kinane, like it's just people that are like free and having fun on stage. And just like, I'm, I'm a goofy, just like guy. And I just want to have fun on stage. And I just want it to be very me. Yeah. And whatever you want to call that, call it, you know, all comedy, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah, it is very telling when you ask people like what their favorite comedian is and like is. what they're like, tr- like because you can see you're like, oh, you're trying to go down this certain path. Um, it is very telling. Uh, you I mean, know, Bill, like, like Bill Hicks, you know, like, just please don't yell at the crowd. That's all I ask. <laughs> you're gonna yell at the crowd. I know it's coming. <laughs> I seen like a lot of yeah, like the Bill Hicks people are are some of that. Like to me, I'm like okay, I, I immediately get what type of comic you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like Burbigs is another one. Or, very vaguely yeah. yeah 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 where it's just like you're like okay you're gonna you're gonna take your time with this story <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be a very pat warm heartwarming story with a lot of twists and turns yeah funny little nuances about your life yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah exactly 
who, who are some of your favorite comics or who are, who are some of the people that like, would you say, uh, you know, you and Lou were talking about writing again. Would you say like kind of influence your writing style or kind of made you be like, ah, I want to like kind of come off that way. Not without, you know, no one ever intends to take yeah. someone's writing style, but I do feel like we all kind of draw from different comics in a way. Yeah. Style, stylistically. I don't think, cause like, here's my, I, I've never felt that way about my comedy or that like I sounded like anyone. And also, which it's like, uh, Ida Booker tell me this years and years ago. He goes, you don't sound like anyone. And right now that's going to be hard, but later that's really going to pay off. Mm. And, um, yeah, because it was very much like, I couldn't tell you how many times I've gotten emails from people that are like, I asked to be on a show or whatever. And they were like, I don't know where to put you. Cause like <laughs> you're doing this thing. And I, like, I've gotten the older I've gotten, the better I've gotten at like easing into my stuff or like time, like perfectly time. But I used to just be like immediately a hundred percent me right <laughs> off the top. And people are like, this, I don't even know what's happening. Why is he, he's rolling around on the ground. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But, um, yeah, I I personally, I have my favorite comics, but they don't really, like, influence me that way. There's, right. There is moments in comedy that I can think of. Like, Lou and I talked about uh, Eddie Pepitone's one of those people where it was the first time I saw someone yell on stage and then go back to being quiet yeah. and didn't stay high up. Um, and I, like, listened to, like, the dance of that, of ups and downs, and when, when he timed it because uh, – I, I like to yell on stage, uh, but I avoided it a lot because it's like, where do you go from there? You can't just like go really high and then go. So I was at the store the other day. Yeah. <laughs> um, it just, it, you know, it's like, where do you put that in the act? How do you fit that in? And so like learning like how you can build it and then release that tension and come back down. Uh, Eddie Peptone is one of those people for me. And then Bill Burr is one of those like uh, people that I listen to. Uh, where it's no longer set up punchline joke writing. His joke writing is, let me introduce a crazy idea. And then I'm going to walk all the way around this crazy idea. And then when I come back to the beginning, you agree with me. And then I tell you that you're wrong for agreeing with me because that's a crazy idea. But I convinced you into it. Um, and it's like, that's a beautiful dance that only Bill Burr does. And so it's like, I appreciate that. And so for me, I'm just like watching it in these ways of like not tone wise or not timing or not. I'm just like, how do they approach comedy as a whole? And, you know, like Eddie Pepitone being like, this is a very made up story. Next, I'm going to tell you <laughs> a very true story. And then Bill Burr being like, these are crazy ideas that I thought of. Um, so yeah, like I, I've been listening to a lot of Bill Burr. I listen to his podcast a lot. I have always listened to Mark Maron. Uh, Steve Martin is the reason I started doing stand up. Um, hmm. Yeah, big uh, Mike Biggs is another huge one for me. Um, and then John Mulaney is great. Um, so yeah, a lot of people like that. Awesome. And you put it beautifully. And that's kind of, I think you kind of said what I, what I meant. I didn't mean to say like sounded like, but yeah, I do love that in comedy where you find like little techniques or you, or there's certain things about a certain comic that you learn something from. Yeah. You know, oh, well, I like the way he, he misdirected there. I like the way that, yeah, he, he, he knows how to like build up into a, a, 
uh, you know, quiet, quietly to bring them in, and then mm-hmm. yelling, yelling to like get get the message out there. Yeah, yeah. Those little nuances in comedy like that. So that's cool. And then you've been doing it for so long that I'm sure you have so many. Yeah, you you are you're very probably in your own voice at this point. You know, like I've been doing it. Yeah, a couple of years. So it's interesting to see, uh, you know, to talk to someone who's been doing it for for as long as you have, man. Yeah, I, it's it's. Uh... Yeah, like like I said, like also the benefit of not having anyone ever help you when you're younger. So like, <laughs> so like I didn't know how to not be my voice. Like no one was ever like, you should watch John Mulaney and how he set up the joke. Like <laughs> no one gave me advice like that. So it's like it, it only fed into me going down this rabbit hole of like I don't know, man. This is how my brain works, and these are my thoughts. <laughs> and being in a lot of like uh, writing sessions. And then people being like, here's set a punchline. And then me being like, okay, what if I pretended I was a tree for an hour? And then I turned around and I said, gotcha. Is that, is that a joke? And they're just like, no, I don't think that's a joke. <laughs> I don't, yeah. yeah. I love that though. Yeah. You're like, what if, uh, so I'm thinking about coming in on the curtains, like on yeah. the, <laughs> yeah. not through them. <laughs> okay. What if I wore a hat for half my set? And the hat, <laughs> they're like, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop you right there, yeah. That's cool, though, man. I love that. I love people that have fun with comedy. And that's what I think the most important thing is to do is, like, when I find myself frustrated, if I find myself feeling like, a, you know, at a, at some yeah. brick wall, why am I doing this type of situation? It's always just remembering to just have so much fun and, like, just do it for yourself. And when you're on stage, just, like, to make yourself laugh, you know? Yeah. Who, who have you been listening to? Okay. So, uh, so I've been going back. So I said Rory Scovel was one. I... The album Dilation by Rory Scovel was like amazing. It changed my life. It literally did. I was like, oh, like that's when I realized I was like, oh, you like the way that he plays with the audience and the way that he just like the way that fucking Rory Scovel is like as a comic is I'm like, that is it. Like I want to just like have so much fun and like just do weird shit. And like I love that he'll just like go into like a random accent. And I, yeah. love, I love how he'll just like he'll just have so you can tell he's having he's having fun. And that's what I learned. And that's when I heard that. I was like, that's the, that's the experience I want to have in comedy. That's how I want to feel on stage. Yeah. I, mean, I, could, I could feel the way that he felt through that album, that yeah. he was just having a blast. And it's always that way with him. Um, and that one was a big one for me. So I, I always go back to that album. I've listened to that album more than any comedy album. Um, but I've been listening to a lot of other stuff too, man. I listened to, I listened to some Pete Holmes the other day because I just like his silly concepts. Yeah. I, nice I Try to- the Devil. Yeah, that's, yeah that's that one's fun. amazing. It is. It, it, when I first heard the joke about like video games and like going to the doctor, and he's like, he's like, what have you been eating? He's like, I just found you know, just some chickens. He's like, just some chickens on the ground. I found like I kicked a barrel and it flashed. You know, just like a barrel. <laughs> it just like yeah, his silly concepts are so funny. Uh, like Ron Funches, like um, Ron Funches is hilarious, man, and he always just reminds me to slow down my delivery because he has the yeah. most gruelingly slow delivery and he's fucking hilarious like he he kills but it's like you can hear him crushing saying like four words in like three minutes <laughs> like yeah. he'll just like let the laugh completely like die out and then get to the next like word and it's like I, i'm a fast talker as everyone can tell and so for <laughs> me it's important to constantly remember to like slow it down and like on stage and that's something i had to learn uh, doing comedy because i started doing comedy just like this talking and yeah. then i had to be like okay i actually do have to kind of like 
<laughs> enunciate let let it breathe let it you know let it let it yeah, you look down at your set list you're like i have burned through all of these jokes <laughs> when i first started comedy dude i would have like a five minute set and i would record myself on my like not my comedy set but i would like put my phone timer on and I'd read my jokes and I'd be like da, da, da. but bam five minutes set. bam oh that was six minutes got it i gotta cut it i would do my first like shows and like i would be like all right thank you and the guy would be like what happened you have three minutes left <laughs> i'm like yeah. what like it's the nerves i guess so i just went up there and was like oh my god they just like yelled, yeah, yeah. Out, yelled out my jokes fast and like didn't give anyone a chance to hear what i was saying yeah um, i'm a very fast talker so he's a good one to he constantly reminds me like okay slow it down and like get mm-hmm. as slow you can go as slow as it, it needs to be for this joke yeah. to work and so some so i've been trying to write more that way um but yeah just like stuff like that like older comedy albums that i got into when i was first like diving mm-hmm. into comedy that i'm like going back and like listening to and I think because I listen to comedy albums so much, um, I don't know if you do this or if I'm just a psychopath or if any other comedian does this out there, let me know. But when I write jokes in my head, I'm performing the joke. You know what I mean? Like I hear the clink of the cups. I hear the crowd. Yeah. Like, and I'm, and as I'm writing the joke and like mm-hmm. that, that, that's how I kind of write. Just, I hear it as if I'm like, I can see myself as like a silhouette and I'm like looking over yeah. my shoulder into like a dark room with the light on me. Like that's, yeah, just from listening to comedy albums, being in yeah, that that's, experience. Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly what's happening in my head, which is like very much why often I'll write it. And as I'm writing it, that's happening. And then I'm looking at it and I'm going, that doesn't need to be here. That doesn't need to be here. And I'm cutting it. And then I'm probably going to write it again. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I take to the stage, it's like often 70% written. And then like the rest of it is me having fun and being like, I know how to get to that punchline. And if I think of something or if I tie something in or, you know, stuff like that. Um, Rory also is one of those comics that I watch and it's a good reminder. And like, this is a big thing I focused on all last year because last year I was writing a whole new hour and something I really wanted to focus on was staying in the moment mm-hmm. on stage and like going, yes, you have to do these jokes, but also stay like, how does it feel right now? Are they liking this right now? Because you can change it at any moment. Cause I can get very, like when I make stuff, I can get very like almost like OCD of like, it has to go this way. And, uh, and so last year I wanted to work on the fact of like, no, you have the skills to make it go any way you want. And you know the punchline, but you also know you don't have to say the punchline if you get another hot pot pocket of laughter and then you can just move into something else. Like, you know, it's like this like fun kind of like let's narrow through it and be paying attention to that. And Rory, it's like every time I, I listen to that album, it's like he clearly wrote the joke and he's doing 40% of what he wrote and the rest of it's like, I don't know, man, this is how I get to it or this is what I'm doing right now. Yeah, and that's dude. great. That's so fun. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the, the looser you can be, the better. And like, yeah, he's the first comedian I've ever heard that like tell a crowd to shut up. Like, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. are you allowed yeah. to do that? Are yeah. you allowed to tell the crowd to shut up? And like, not in a mean way. He'll just feel. He'll just say it like he's like he's so serious, but yeah, it's so like, funny because shut, shut the fuck up. Like, like, whoa. And it's like, yeah, he's fantastic, man. He's he's a comedian that taught me like a, I learned a lot from him, like watching him and stuff, and uh, about how I want to like come off on stage or yeah, techniques that are are amazing to try. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but keeping it loose and keeping it fun. That's that's what that's what the goal is, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, keeping it fun. That's like I think uh we're talking about that on the podcast of like, yeah, this is we did this to do for fun. You know, yeah. why not 
you know, you forget that because you get so focused on writing or someone got some gig you wanted or whatever. And it's like, this is all fun. Yeah, man. That's, that's what, uh, yeah. I know so many comedians and I had so many friends that like, we just like, sometimes comedians get to the point where they're like about to break their pen in half and they're just like throw their notepad against the wall and you're like why are you here like why are you at this, co- at this open like like i had a friend like that he was like i had a friend that like he was uh love him to death and he was having you know rough a rough couple times a few nights yeah. where he, was, he was bombing and then this one guy in the crowd like talked and like he like got into it with the guy like it wasn't even like let me handle this heckler it was like i'm gonna i'm gonna ruin my set now and like just be really mad at you on stage and it was really awkward and he got off stage and it was just like, come here, man, let's have a talk. And, you know, and like, yeah. and he was like, I was, I was like, have you taken a break? Have you like taken, like, when's the last time you had a day off of comedy? He's like, I've been doing comedy for 30 days straight. And I was like, all right, well, <laughs> take a week off, man. Just like, like, honestly, like you don't have, yeah. to, it's fine. Like, you know, you shouldn't be here if you're, if you're like, if every set is making you infuriated, like remember to have fun. Remember that we're comedians and we did this because we're just want to be goofy and make people laugh. Yeah. And um, that's some of the best advice I ever got was like, and what changed my comedy writing a lot was I was like, don't write for the crowd. Like, like I used to write when I first started, like, oh, I wonder if the crowd would laugh at this. Or I could, oh, Snapchat could be like the punchline, you know? And yeah, like, yeah. Oh, the crowd loves Snapchat. But like when yeah. I started writing for like, what am I thinking about throughout my day that's making me giggle? Or what stupid, I see a guy walking down the street, what stupid thought pops into my head? That kind of writing is more productive for me. Yeah. It's always led to just more fun sets. Yeah, I... um that's like that's something i always think about because like you can go to like a comedy club and you can see someone like totally crushing it and you're like but that's not my type of humor you know and it's like uh but like it works for them and maybe it is their type of humor or maybe they do feel like i have to do this because it's getting big laughs and that's like an always like dilemma of life of like you can go down this path of fit like doing jokes that don't fulfill you or you can do jokes that are like you know for you and also find the people like you that's the goal yeah exactly to do authentic comedy yeah yeah it is frustrating it can be frustrating to a comic to see someone crushing and be like he's just telling he's just telling jokes about tinder he shouldn't be getting laughs but you yeah. know it's, he's doing his thing and everyone has to do their own thing and find their path yeah definitely agree with that comedy is amazing zach we love it <laughs> Everyone listening here, I think loves it. I don't know. This is a music podcast, technically, but hey, we love comedy here. Yeah, that's I like wanna... you, can, you can listen to like any of my interviews where it's like it could be an actor or a model or like a business owner, and I'm like, this reminds me of comedy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you want to put pipe? <laughs> Start pontificating. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I first started stand-up comedy, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Yeah, man. So, uh, so let's talk about some music now, Zach. What, uh, what kind of music were you like into in high school? Like, what kind of music person were you? I love hearing okay. about those high school music personalities. I think that okay. shapes like a lot of your life with music in high school. Okay, yeah, I'll I'll tell you uh, very much. I was this guy, but I also want to mention what's happening right now is that my computer is frozen, <laughs> and I am very nervous about it, but. Ooh. Uh, I, I'm going to continue as if, <laughs> as if uh, my laptop isn't from 2015. What and would Giratop do? He would, he would <laughs> yeah. He'd press He's on. Start juggling. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, in high school and uh, elementary, I was very much into punk music. Uh, I played guitar so I could be in punk bands. Um, I listened to a lot of punk and I listened to a lot of 
uh, hip hop at the same time. Those are probably my two influences. That's awesome, man. That was kind of me too. I uh, I was super like emo in, in high school just because it was like I think it was the perfect time. It's like two thousand four, two thousand five ish. Like mm-hmm. it was like at its prime. So I was like, all me and all me and my friends were super into like emo music. But then I, think yeah. I kind of moved away from that and went more towards like punk and more towards like hip hop when I got into kind of like the skating culture. And, like, okay. You know, uh, playing skating with my friends and like playing like Tony Hawk and stuff. Like it was all like punk and hip hop and uh, yeah. watching skate videos. And so that's when I got really heavy into that stuff too. So I definitely relate to that as well. Yeah. 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 That's kind of what I too. Like I, I dabbled in skateboarding and I still, I still skate, uh, but I don't like, I mostly uh, ride around on longboards now because I, I'm too old to fall is how I feel. Dude. So, yes. Yeah. So like, I like, I love skating and I can still ollie every once in a while and kick flip a little bit, but that's it. That's a, like, I don't even try to pretend I am better than that. I mostly just cruise around. <laughs> Dude, exactly. Yeah. I kind of want to get to the, I kind of want to skateboard again. Like I gave up on it and like, yeah, I was just afraid. I was always afraid to get hurt. My friends would always yell at me cause I wasn't, I wouldn't do the three set. I'm like, I just watch you roll your ankle. Like I'm not going to do that. And my friends yeah. like, come on, man. Like we're being so scared. I was always afraid to get hurt. So, and I, and I, the older you get, the more it does hurt, but I do want to get to a point. I've been kind of thinking about skateboarding a lot lately. And I follow like a lot of Instagrammers who are skateboarders. I kind of mm. want to get to a point where I can just like go to like a little skate park and just like ride the ramps. Not necessarily have to like do like a 360 fakie off the ramp, but like, you know what I mean? Just like yeah. cruise around on some ramps. Like, that'd be fun. Yeah. I, I'd be into that. I tried doing that. I tried getting back into it like more, uh, right before I had my whole liver issue happen. So like I was getting into it and then all of a sudden I was like, man, I'm tired all the time. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then I found out more about it. But, uh, but like now that I've been kind of healing up more and, and feeling good, I, I, you know, I, I skate around with my, my girlfriend. Uh, she likes riding longboards, but like we haven't, uh, yeah, we haven't done the pipes or anything like that yet or gone anything crazy. Uh, maybe. Maybe that's maybe that's in my future, you know. I'll if you want to go skating, I'll go skating with you. I yeah you know, and make it a safe environment where we're like, yeah, man, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna because I did gonna go judge skating. you. Yeah, I'm not gonna judge you. You're gonna ride that ramp yeah. nice. we'll like film each yeah. other like how friends do. And like yeah. I'm like, oh, 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 good one, Zach. And you just like go over the ramp. I was like, oh <laughs> yeah, each other I, up, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I went skating with a few different comics, but you know how it is, where it's like you're skating with someone that's never stopped skating, and they're yeah. the same age as you, and they're like just incredible, and you're like, <laughs> and like they see you, and there's it's like a waste of their time in their mind. They're like, ugh, I don't want to be around, or at least that's how I felt, you know, <laughs> like when yeah. I went skating with them, and I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wait on this. <laughs> yeah, no, ours will just be like uh, comedy nerds, and we'll just talk about comedy while we roll around on skateboards. Like, I'm fun. into it. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, let's do that. I'll get to the skate park. I'll make sure that I can even do it at all. And then I'll like be like, hey, does that come through? <laughs> once I know that I'm like, you know, comfortable again on the board. But my sister, yeah, my sister has a skateboard and she's been talking about it. So I'm like, all right, let's go. So I'm going to go soon. Maybe tonight I'll go to the skate park. I'll give you guys an update on how that went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah. yeah, let me know. I don't know. Because I'm like, I'm in Phoenix, Phoenix. I don't know where you're at. but I'm in Tempe. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And totally, we could we could meet up somewhere. I'm sure there's some place we could find. Yeah, you know, when know. when everything was shut down, my girlfriend and I were skating uh, ASU. Okay, just the whole campus. It was wonderful because there was absolutely no one. <laughs> That's actually amazing. Yeah, that'd be a good place. Yeah, 
Well, they have all of like uh, Tempe Town Lake and stuff. There's a lot of cool areas, like cool pathways and stuff over there. You can like just be unbothered. It's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 We'll figure it out, man. It'll happen. Uh, but let's, yeah, let's make a playlist, Zach. I mean, how's your computer acting? Are we? I'm good now. Like, it, oh. it caught up. I was very nervous for a minute there. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's fine now. So, right. but I also, I did make a, I was looking at my phone cause I made a playlist on Spotify. Um, I don't know. I don't, is that the right thing to do? Am I... <laughs> You're okay. Uh, well, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about like, uh, we're going to each pick five songs and okay. I'll compile that at the end into like a 10 song collaborative playlist. Okay. Okay. Um, cool. 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 That, if you're great. very excited about that playlist too, and I'll share it with people and be like, also check out this 40 track playlist that Zach made in preparation <laughs> for this. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just, I, I kind of wanted to get it. I was earlier today. Yeah. I took a, I took about 40 minutes of my day to just kind of sit down and go, I'm going to do this podcast. I know he wants a playlist. Let me really think about like, if I was just going to put on some music right now, what have I been listening to lately? That's like really been, cause I've been writing again, as we said. So like, what's motivating me to write, what's motivating me to do things during the day. And uh, so as I, as we go through this, you'll definitely, everything is very much a uh, let's, let's keep it fun. Type yeah, of man. Songs. That's all they are. Awesome. Yeah. Mine too. I love it. So whenever you're ready, let me know what your first song is going to be for the playlist. Okay. Um, I think the first one uh, knowing your background, my background now, I, uh, I think I want to do The Future Freaks Me Out by Motion City Soundtrack. Dude, that's a nice pick. Yes. I love that band. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big influence. I, uh, do you remember his hair? His hair was insane. It was, yeah, it looked like he got stung by electricity, like Albert yeah. Einstein's uh, emo grandson. I had that haircut in high, in high school. I, I took a picture what? of that. To a stylist, and they were like, "This will be my Mona Lisa," and, <laughs> and they did it, and it turned out wonderful. And it, it was very much because I remember him talking about how it's supposed to look like a sunflower, and uh, it very much did look like that. And, it, and and then it grew out into a nice long thing that I then cut into a mohawk that had blonde and mixed <laughs> mohawk stuff into it. Yeah, that's awesome. You're like, I have the black rim glasses. Uh, I just need the hair now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good pick, man. Uh, for my first one, I'm gonna go with. I've been listening to this band a lot. They're like a newer uh, punk band from San Francisco. Actually, the first, uh, not the first. This is the last live show I saw before COVID shut down. Uh, mm-hmm. The band called Spiritual Cramp, uh, and the song is called The Erasure. Yeah, this is a really good song. They're just a fun, very like. Um, they, they they go into a lot of different noises on this album. They got like punk songs. Some mm-hmm. of them are almost like on a reggae side. Some of them almost are like. Yeah, rock steady, then like back into like a punk thing, and they have a tambourine player that just plays on stage and rages out, and they're a fun band, man. And I want everyone to check out Spiritual Cramp. They're 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 great. Dude, I'm stoked to listen to that. That sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah once once this is done too, I compile this into a, a playlist and I'll send it to you so you can, we can have that. That's great. I I'm I'm very stoked about that. Yeah. Sweet. Um. Well, now I'm like embarrassed. I'm naming my own. You had like such a good one that you're like, no one's heard this. No, dude, no, no, unreleased no, no. album. <laughs> I've actually, I've actually been in a very, in a season of like I said of going back to comedy albums. I've actually been going into a lot of um, older albums. I used to listen to something about the winter time. I don't know what it is. It makes yeah. me listen to old stuff. So I do have a lot of old stuff on here too. Yeah. Well, it's like uh, you know I've been quarantined with my girlfriend, and so it's a lot of like me showing music 
that I'm like, I don't think you've heard of this, you know, like knowing like all of her music and being like, here's something. And that's how I like ended up on Motion City Soundtrack was like, it was just like, let me show you like a band that like meant a lot to me in high school, but doesn't really mean anything now. Like, you know, <laughs> here's something fun, you know, something fun. You might like, I, I, I yeah. love that. I love like showing, I love the feeling of showing someone something and they actually like get into it or like enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so my next pick is going to be uh, Megatron by Nicki Minaj. Ooh, nice. I, uh, I, I always have loved Nicki Minaj. I think she has a good comedy style. Uh-huh. Uh, I think uh, if you go and you watch her anytime on any interviews, she very much is like, she wants to do the sketches. She wants to do the, the comedy. And I think she's a big comedy fan. Uh, and I think it shows in her music and how fun it is, but also she uh, heavily leans into like stuff that I listened to like when I was younger, like she has a lot of like biggie references and kind of biggie stuff that she does. So it's kind of like, like it, it's like new with old that I really enjoy. Yeah. She's a force to be reckoned with, man. She's a great performer and she is like a very unique artist and she has her own voice. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a girl in my, around my office when I was working that would always talk in this weird way and she would always be like oh and like i was like this girl's funny that i work with and i didn't know that she was like doing Nicki minaj like she was literally like she, like a Nicki minaj influencer to the point where she was like using her voice in conversation yeah and i was like this girl is being Nicki minaj like so she in- yeah. inspires people to just like do these weird things that like she just like is very original and very cool yeah yeah i've i've always enjoyed her music uh since like i think i started listening to her in like 2010 or something and uh yeah so I, I'm like, it's it's one of those things of like, I, I know this is going to be forced into my life through radio or any other. And it's like, I'm glad I found something <laughs> that I'm like, yeah, I, you know what, if we're going to, or like, you know, you're like traveling with someone that's like only listens to mainstream and you're like, yeah, this is my safe choice. <laughs> yeah. And I love like, like kind of how we talked about like when you get older, you're 30 and you kind of like care less and you stop trying to know everything yeah. and stop trying to be cool. It's nice sometimes to just be a ham and be like, this is, this is great. It's a catchy yeah. song. I like this drink. Yeah. This drink. I like this. Yeah, just accept things and be like, I don't have to be so punk all the time, you know. Like, mm-hmm. like what? Are, I bet they didn't even write this song themselves. Like, yeah, yeah. Just like this is this is a fantastic song. It makes yeah. it good. I'm glad you are all enjoying it at this barbecue. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. You have to have those safe choices because, like, definitely, like when you and I were younger, and it's like, yeah, let me put on some punk band. You're definitely gonna hate. <laughs> like, <laughs> that would be like the goal sometimes to be like. Yeah. But you don't know this. And it's just like some brutal, gnarly, like banging, like breakdown. And they're just like, yeah, I hate this. And you're like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> my work here is done. Yeah. You're like, I listen to job for the cowboy. So that's fine. It's a- <laughs> never heard of them, you know, but they're, they're pretty brutal. They're pretty brutal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. So I, I like that pick. Um, the next one I'm going to go with uh, another new artist that I've kind of been into. Uh, this artist is named uh, Benny, I believe is how you pronounce it. It's B-E-N-E-E. She okay. makes really fun music um, stylistically, like the way she looks, kind of like a Billie Eilish. Like, I don't know if Billie Eilish started that whole thing, but the 90s grunge look with these young kids is back. And I'm, they and I'm, love 90s aesthetic. Yeah. And that's what every young artist is like dressing like now. And I love it. It's cool. I'm, yeah. with it. I'm a big fan. <laughs> yeah, me too. And this, this artist, Benny, I, I found her and I'm like, she's, she's great. And she just put out a new album and like, yeah, she has some songs that are just like very like, um, she just, she flows so to like different styles and she's like that like sad girl but it's like poppy at the same time and fun mm-hmm. and like it's a she's a inter- very interesting artist and like she just makes me feel young like listening to her and liking her i'm able to be like my little sister like i put her on the car and my little sister was like singing along and i was like 
this feels good. This feels, I feel like I'm still in there, you know, I'm not, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not a fossil yet. I'm still not, got it. Still got it. Yeah. I never want to be a fossil. That's my biggest, like, I always call it being a fossil when like, you just don't know any re- new references. You don't know how to send a text message. Like you're that old guy. Yeah. I, always, I always want to be in a little bit without being a corny dad. Like I want to know things, yeah. but I want to know my boundary. I don't want to be fully immersed. You know, I'm not going to go to a, a young yeah. people's show. I know, where my, I know my place. Mm-hmm. I, I, I am feeling that way with music. Like I have no idea what's happening in music and <laughs> I haven't like gone out and looked because I've been so focused on comedy. So hardcore. Um, but I am feeling that way with like TikTok because like I got that, I became a TikTok partner and then they're like, this is what's trendy. And they're like telling me like trends and stuff. And I'm like, okay, all right. This is what the kids are getting into. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that is cool, man. You got into TikTok. Uh, again, that, that's a cool thing to do, man. I think that you're, you're using the most of like a modern resource and a modern social media platform that, yeah, a lot of comics feel too good for or too cool to be yeah. a, a lot of people I know in general that are my age or 30, like I'm not getting on TikTok. I was like, that's exactly how everyone felt about Instagram and Facebook yes. and MySpace. Like every yes. new platform is, is too young for you. And then you get into it and it's, and it's fantastic. And you find your way around. Mm-hmm. I, I have TikTok and I love it. You know, some of the yeah. funniest stuff I see on my daily life is me and my girlfriend send each other little TikTok videos. That's cool. all we, yeah, that's all we do all day. It's just TikTok videos to each other. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and also the the rapid growth that's happening on there is insane. Like, yeah. you know, I have videos that have like 60,000 views and I don't have that type of follower account. Like, you know, like I don't have that much followers to have that many views. So it's, it's like, ex- it's incredible, you know? Yeah, I heard about something that TikTok was doing that's like a, they, they, they're like, they basically like force videos to go viral. Like apparently when you, when you, when you're new to TikTok or when you're kind of newish or every once in a while, they'll, they'll just like super boost one of your videos and they'll like be on the front of everyone's thing. And like, mm-hmm. and you'll get this like rapid, like, you'll be like, Oh my God, 60,000 people like this video. And like people get, you get this exposure that TikTok is giving away. That's like incredible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've had like eight videos really take off like that. And it's like so random. And so like, and it's like the video, like one, like many times the video has been up for five days. And if that was Instagram, I'd be like, well, it's dead. You know, like it's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's been five days. Uh, but with TikTok, they're like, no, let's show it to everyone. And then it's just like, yeah, exactly. Just, and it'll take off and then you get the followers. And then, you know, if you, you can maybe ride that wave a little bit, but like, it's, you know, no other platforms doing that. So it's incredible. Um, yeah. And it's, it's cool that you're out, you're doing it, man. You're not afraid to get on there and just do it and be yourself. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think a lot of com- like I said, a lot of comedians probably think they're, they're it's too cool or they're yeah. too cool for TikTok, you know. And um, yeah. so it's it's cool that you're doing that. Has it, have you seen it like helping you in it, like with your podcast? And, and have you has it been like a good crossover for you? Uh, for my podcast, not so much, but for like my comedy in general, and just kind of like getting because like they do trickle to my Instagram and then they check out my website and stuff like that. So I'm seeing it like play together, but like. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely it, it's definitely helped me, and I can uh, I can tell you right now that Instagram is dead, and everyone will be <laughs> moving to TikTok, and so that's all like all I'm thinking about is like I just want to get my foot in here, so then when everyone does that switch like they did from MySpace to Facebook, that they go, oh, Zach's already here, and Zach's already got this many followers or whatever, you know? Yeah. So, so you know, it's like. I'm just kind of like keeping up with it and um, they, they 
TikTok sent me through like a three month boot camp and they like trained me how to make things. And uh, so I'm just trying to like use all those skills to kind of like just upkeep now and just be like, hey, I'm here, you know, not like every day like I was, but more of like a few times a week. And I'm going to try to do it in the right days and the right hours to, you know, make it make it the best out of it. So. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And I think that's, like you said, it is cool to like, uh, the way that you're trying improv, it's cool to just like find like a different angle for your comedy voice to be like, how can I use my comedy in like a different way? And like, I think yeah. it's making you more of like a three dimensional comic at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, there's honestly jokes that I've written that work better on TikTok than like, than just doing them on stage. So it's like, it's fun to be like, oh, you, this would be a really, like, here's a very old joke idea that never worked on stage, but like, I could make it into a fun TikTok, you know? There's a lot of that happening. So it's like cool to kind of like recycle and rethink a lot of things. Um, yeah, but I, I don't want to get too sidetracked from your list. Yeah, no, it's okay. I, every podcast episode gets sidetracked. Uh, this is just, this is what we do. It's we fun. We hang out. There's no, yeah. <laughs> no, there's no end time. Um, so I picked last, I think, with the Benny pick. So go ahead with your next song. Okay. I'm going to pick a band that's actually from Phoenix um, that blew up and then later became uh, one of the guys, at least became like a major star. Uh, so I'm going to pick the format and it's going to be Dog Problems by the format. That's probably yeah. one of my favorite songs uh ever and i think it's one of those that i can uh when i travel i still have like an old 2008 ipod and i like to put this i like to put the whole album on and uh just listen through but this is like i make sure i listen to this song first and it's just a good traveling song and a good just like writing song and a good just a good song Dude, yeah, I actually really like uh, the format too. I, I remember renting Dog Problems, the album, from the library. Like I used to rent really? CD, CDs from the library. <laughs> and um, yeah. my library just had like, hey, you can get books, but we have also have a huge CD section. And like I, I would see a bunch of CDs, and that, this is one that I specifically remember like from the library. But the format was great, man. And yeah, my, my girlfriend, uh, she grew up in Arizona, so she tells me about all these bands I used to love uh that like would play around here all the time that i like yeah. man i wish i grew up in arizona to see these things happen yeah yeah i have a memory of the format when i was very young playing a show that was free during fireworks playing and oh, i remember awesome. it being like an amazing amazing moment um but that's like i think that's the only time i've ever seen them play but yeah that's cool yeah the format dog problems love it um for my next song let's see what i'm gonna choose i'm gonna go with um so i'm gonna go back like i said i've been listening to a lot of old things like me and my girlfriend just went on a road trip and i was just like put on some older albums like what am i what have i thought about that i mm-hmm. haven't heard in a while and um this is from say anything uh, i used oh, to love that man. band and their self-titled album is just so good it was just like say anything and the album is just a self-titled back yeah. into like 2009 it came out and the yeah. song um eloise from that album it's yeah. one that like I just always have loved, and just if that's a, this, I can put this whole album on this playlist because I've just now I've been back into it again, like reinvigorated. Yeah, but, I used uh, to be obsessed with Max Bemis. I uh, yeah, I say anything was like a big band for me. Uh, yeah, that's such a good album. Um, I, I do yeah. feel like Max Bemis. If he wasn't like a singer, he could have definitely been like a good stand-up because he's like kind of neurotic. He's like an incredible writer. And he's got like the mind, I think, of a comic. Like he's got this like weird, like funny, sarca- really sarcastic tone yeah. about his lyrics and his music. Yeah, that's true. I think 
I don't know. I don't want to get too much into this talk, but I, I there was a there was a point where like saying anything started releasing albums where you're like, who's this for? You know, yeah. like they're later albums, they're more recent stuff. You're kind of like, I don't know, man. This seems, but also at the same time, you can't really judge an artist for change because like he wrote "Is a Real Boy" when he was like seventeen or something like that. I mean, I didn't even yeah, wow. It's like he. I mean, he was like writing that when he was like a child you know so it's like the music that we loved when we're like yeah teenage angst type of music it's like yeah he was that <laughs> like you know like he was yeah. writing that when he's young and now he's probably in his 30s feeling the same way <laughs> you know it's also that. it's also it's also interesting as like a musician in a band to be like this is the direction we've gone with creatively and lyrically and now it's like yeah 10 years later as a band we've all grown as people whereas like yeah. as a comic it's like i used to talk about uh you know, I used to talk about taquitos and how they were hot. Yeah. Now, I, now I talk about Seven Eleven uh, and how it's gross. <laughs> and like our our progression as a stand-up, you know, it's like our topics can be wherever they want to be. Like as a musician, you kind of have it's like it is this like it's like this like framework of like growth as a, as five different people growing together, and yeah. maybe some of them left and some of them came in. And what are their perspectives now? And being in a band and writing albums has to be stressful. Yeah, I mean, it's a hundred percent. That's like. You know, you could name like Green Day or like Taking Back Sunday or like any of these bands that have been around for like a while now. And it's like, like you have to be so bored of writing that type of song that the record label wants you to write. And you're like, I know it will sell, but I actually want to do this thing. Um, yeah. So like, like, yeah, but I've been inspired by this kind of music lately or I've been inspired by this artist lately that's making me want to write this type of record. Yeah. 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 And it's crazy and how like they put out like these songs, they put out like these like if they could be like, like three fantastic albums that we consider masterpieces, and they put out like a new album and we're like, This is trash. And we're just like <laughs> but it's like, Yeah, we did so much for you already. Like what do you <laughs> now we're just trying to figure ourselves out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, Yeah, I don't know, man, I wanna write a slow album. Yeah. What, whatever. I'm an artist. <laughs> like, you you guys can love the next one, okay? This one's for me. Like, yeah. And yeah. That's, only, that's only a thing you understand when you're older, you know? Like, when I was younger, I used to hate on bands for doing that. Oh, yeah, man. Let, let a band. Let me find out that a band did a commercial for Pepsi. Oh, like, you know, yeah. like, now I'm like, go for it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pepsi asked yeah. me to be in the commercial. <laughs> you should do that. Yeah. Have you, you've heard that story about Pat Oswalt? Uh, it's like one? on one of his specials about like doing the Sprite commercial. I don't remember like, it. Very, it's, a, it's an old, old bit, but it's like back when he was like very much grinding it out. And, uh, you know, I think he was writing for a show or something like that. But um, at that time, he was like, should I do this? They want me to do this Pepsi commercial. It's a crazy amount of money to do this Sprite commercial. And, uh, and then in the joke, he talks about like his wife being like, if you do that commercial, that pays for your whole tour. You can literally do whatever you want for the rest of the year, a hundred percent do whatever you want. Cause it make, it's that much money. And it's like that point of like, yeah, like I can pay for a whole tour and I can do my whole comedy album and I can do, yeah, that's great. Good for you. Like do that, do that thing, you know? And the alternate uh, reality of that is that you turn it down to not disappoint a 16-year-old kid <laughs> who calls you a sellout. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's the trade-off. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't, he wasn't 
Also, he's not buying your merch full price. He's trying to get a discount. <laughs> he definitely ripped the album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's your sellout. So don't do it. He's like, he sucks now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm gonna put I'm gonna call an audible because we're oh. over here talking about bands. I, I'm gonna pick something from Taking Back Sunday that was not oh. on my list. Nice. Um I wanna oh, here we go. This is the album I was looking for. Um let's do uh Let's do new again. Um, yeah, let's do You're So Last Summer on new again. Like the remake of it, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Take My Sunday is fantastic. They were right in the prime of that whole emo, screamo yeah. era. Yeah, and they were, yeah. they were the kings of the genre, man. Yeah, that was like the new again. Um, I haven't listened to that album in a while, but like that album is them like reinventing themselves after like sounding a certain way. And then they were like, Let's see something different. And I remember when that album came out and I loved it. I thought it was wonderful. I think, I think everything on that album is wonderful, but uh, I know a lot of people are like, this is not what I want. And I was like, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It sucks when like your friends make you feel like you shouldn't like something. Yeah. You're like, I really enjoy this, but I can't tell my my buddies about it because we all decided we hate this band now. Yeah. 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 As a group, you know? Yeah, that was me in 2009 with Nicki Minaj, where I'm like, I think this is great. And everyone's like, this is corporate America trash. <laughs> and I'm like, I think she's very talented. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah that, that, that is part of getting older for sure is when you, when you just stop judging so hard. And you stop just like, I, like, so long ago, I just decided, I was like, you know what, like, I love punk music, but I, but punk people are some of the most like, with music, it's so annoying to hear them talk. Like the way, like you, you both have the same vest on, and you're yelling yeah. at each other about which band sucks and which band is good. And it's like yeah. we 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 can have so much more in common than we don't. Like this is just mm-hmm. what are we doing? You like yeah. that? I like this. It's fine. Uh, I'll see you at the same shows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. For my next uh, song, I'm gonna go with. Uh, there's an artist that I found called Trace Mountains. And he's a newer artist, I think, but he reminds me of like older music. Um, he kind of is like a little, I call it like a kind of like Death Cab for Cutie meets like, oh, okay. uh, meets like some maybe like Weatherbox or something. Like he's very cool, but I like his music a lot. He came out with a new album in 2020 called uh, Lost in the Country. And I'm choosing this song Rock and Roll from that album because okay. I think it fits the vibe of this playlist. And, it, and I just like this artist a lot. And I think you're going to like it too. Nice. Nice. That's a good pick, man. Thanks, man. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited that like uh, you're really bringing some stuff that I've never heard before. I try to do that. I try to because I definitely like nostalgia. And I definitely like like th- there's a lot of picks that I want to pick. Sometimes, but I'll be like, you know, I'm gonna my, for my guest here. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a little something on there or for my listeners. Throw a little something on here that I might turn you guys on to, or maybe you know. And I love hearing what people are into. I love hearing about artists that I never heard of and checking them out. And so it's a, yeah. Like, I'm back in I'm back in discovery mode with comedy, and I'm back in discovery mode with music again, where I'm like learning about new artists and new bands and for a while i wasn't doing that yeah that's great man yeah i i paused on music but i'm always like uh yeah so i'm gonna throw this out there if you're listening to an album and you're like this is a great album i've never heard this comic before send it to me because i i definitely want to know i'm trying to always find new comedy albums um yeah but i I, i'm at the point where my friends are like zach's heard everything he he knows 
even the underground stuff. <laughs> I feel like with comedy, it's a little harder to find something that stands out after a while. Um, that, that like, because everything that you, in comedy, it, it always is kind of like, oh, he sounds like this, or he sounds like that. Or like, it's yeah. very hard to like find something that like shakes you at your, at your foundation that you're like, because the first time you hear a fantastic comedy album, and you don't know that much about comedy, you're like, what am I hearing? What am I watching? Yeah. This is something new for me. But like, the longer you do comedy, uh, I think it's harder to like find something that really is like this guy is yeah. very different from any you know so it's cool to like I'll, I'll think about that and I'll try to find some comedy stuff to to show you that yeah. I like that like maybe some deep cuts of comedy that I enjoy. Also, uh, as a future thing, I, I really want to do episodes of this where I maybe make playlists like about like our favorite comedy bits or something. You know, so mm, that, that could be I could do that. Thing. Yeah, that would be great. I'd come back on for that if you wanted. Uh, that's- maybe. Like yeah. you, me, and Lou, or something. We'll figure it out. Maybe we'll do something like that. That would be future. fun. Cause I, I definitely there's like, you know, like Eddie Pepitone or like uh, Paul F. Tompkins. Like there's yeah. like certain comedians that Lou and I, like in the wild, will see something and take a picture and be like, "Isn't this like that joke?" Or like, yeah. like it, there's just certain bits. And I, Savannah and I do that too. Of just like. Uh, a lot of times it's peanut brittle with Paul F. Tompkins. Just like <laughs> we, anytime you see peanut brittle in the wild, you're like this, this I have to send it to my friends. Um, yeah. 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 Is it my turn to pick? I think so. You, when you okay. pick, you can, yeah. I just picked Trace Mountain. So go ahead. Okay. Uh, I'm going to pick give me the loot by uh, Biggie. Oh, nice. That is uh, there's so much fun things happening in that song. Like lyrically, it's uh, I I think about the time period of like that had to be a very aggressive and very like oh my god type of song to be playing them, and then at the same time, if you just like rhythmically listen to it, which is like how I listen to it now, I don't even like pay attention to the words. Now I listen to like how they're like rhythmically going through the song, and it's just so unique and so fun where it's just like this 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 like uh yeah like it, it's just incredible and that uh that remaster that came out in 2005 i had that in my car on repeat for so long like i know that whole album just over and over and over i love biggie man biggie was yeah is one of the one of the greatest and like yeah lyrically amazing and just yeah the way the way his flow was was yeah incredible and inspired so many like rappers that i enjoy there's an artist I like named Joey Badass. Uh, yeah. He's like so, like, he just talks about Biggie all the time and how like, Biggie, like, changed the game. And I could hear it in his rapping. And so it's, like, cool uh, the way that Biggie, like, in- inspired people. And, like, but, yeah, that song is dope. And you're making me want to pick a hip-hop song now. Uh, <laughs> I'm very uh, spongy on this podcast. I conform to whatever is around me. Um, let's see what I'm going to go then. I'm going to go with... Okay, there's a, I'll, again, I'll go with something like, you know, maybe new, maybe something that, uh, there's an artist named Homeboy Sandman, and he is awesome, and he's a really good rapper, and I've been into him, and he puts out a lot of work, he puts out a lot of music. I saw him on a, I saw Aesop Rock on a tour, and he, like, opened for Aesop Rock, and I was like, this guy is really good, so I looked him up, and I've been a fan ever since, um, and I'll choose the song, uh, I'm going to go with a song off his new album called Don't Feed the Monster. And the song is called Trauma. He mm, talks okay. about traumas. And it's like about all the shit that like when he was younger, he like starts off with this really like deep message type of song, but it's like really good. And he's a very good rapper. Um, and I think you'll be into him. 
Okay. And that'll be it. That'll be the last song that I pick. And yeah, that's it. There's our playlist. Ten there we songs. Go. Perfect. We got five songs each. Perfect. Uh, very uh, diverse, very cool playlist. Um, yeah. yeah I'm stoked to listen to it. Yeah, man. And for those of you listening, uh, it's going to be on Spotify and I put it on YouTube as well. So you can like watch music videos if you're into that. So oh, I'll put the cool. links to those in the episode description. Uh, and Zach, where can like, people find you? Where do you want them to ch- uh, uh, check you out at? Uh, if you want to find me on TikTok, uh, Zach Lyman Podcast, all one word. Uh, or uh, if you want to check out anything else I do, just ZachLymanPodcast.com. All the links are there. You can listen to my podcast. You can find my Instagram, Zach Lyman Podcast. All that will be up there. So. I got so excited for you when you just said, find me on TikTok. Like, you sounded so young there. It was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I felt my gray hair remove itself. <laughs> yeah, they slowly. Every time you say TikTok three times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I go into the bathroom in the morning and I say it. And that's my, my process to look like this. <laughs> <laughs> you do look very cherubic and young. So maybe, maybe it's true. Yeah, but let's check out Zach Lyman. Check out his podcast. It's a fantastic podcast. Uh, if you live in the Phoenix area, check him out. See when he's going to be around. See when support local comedy, support uh, people who do creative things. Uh, and I appreciate you being on the podcast, Zach. This has been a lot of fun, man. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. I really, this was great. I'm, I'm happy we did this. So thank you so much. For sure, man. And we'll skate sometime soon. Yeah. Thanks everyone for listening.